The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and it's that time of year when the housing market starts to pick up steam. So if you have been thinking about selling your home, please know a couple of things. Interest rates are going up. They're going to rise the rest of the year. If you need to sell or you're thinking about it, right now is the time to list your home with realestateagentsitrust.com. I started realestateagentsitrust.com because I knew there's, there had to be a better way to sell or buy a home. And with the market average for selling cycle of six to nine months, you need to get a jump on the rest of the market. Competition is going to be stiff this year, but with realestateagentsitrust.com, my team has assembled the agents who I trust, who you can trust, who will get the most money for your home as quickly as possible. At realestateagentsitrust.com, we've taken the guesswork and anxiety out of selling your home. So put them to work for you now. realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. realestateagentsitrust.com is a Mercury Real Estate LLC. We're going to be on the air probably till hey, midnight or later. Midnight, no, 1 a.m. 2016, I think we were on till 2 a.m. Yep. You've got to have some energy. we got to get through this. We have to be able to uh, speak coherently mm-hmm. late into the night. Donna Dusk is an energy uh, supplement that really helps you get through those like late afternoon times when, you, when you're when you dragging a little bit. And uh, Field of Greens is, is more of a long-term thing, right? You're getting your yeah, Field of Greens is where I get my... Yeah, that's where I don't have to have a salad. I don't have to have broccoli. You can have it in Field of Green. Uh, and it's it's great. Just try it out at BrickHouseGlen.com. BrickHouseGlen.com. You get 15% off your first order. BrickHouseGlen.com. Promo code G-L-E-N-N. Glenn Beck. Well, here we are. It is Election Day. Today is a day we choose. Uh, and it's not really about Donald Trump. It isn't. I mean, it is for the left, but it shouldn't be for us. This is not about Donald Trump. This is to decide whether we're going to be a capitalist nation or not. It really is, to me, that clear. But I want to give you a, I, I want to give you a, a quick recap, if I will, of the top three things I believe the left does not want anyone talking about as we head to the polls today. We know what they want us to focus on, and that is all of the postmodernist kind of claims. Class war, uh, race war, gender war. Insert any kind of, you know, made-up social issue, and that's what they want. They want us to be divided and eat ourselves over this division. That is the new left's playbook, and that is why I really truly believe that we are looking at whether we're going to be a capitalist country and a free country or not. This is the playbook that they have been using since a bunch of college professors came from France in about 1968. I mean, it started earlier than that with the Frankfurt School closing in Germany when the Nazis were there and moving to Colombia in the 1930s. But this is this is a plan that has been long in the making. But enough of the history lessons. Here are the top three things they do not want us talking about. Number one, the economy. The economy, the economy, the economy. It's the economy, stupid. If that is true, then the Democrats are going to have a very bad night. It's the economy. It's no secret that I have my worries over the long term, uh, over the state of our economy. But right now, wow, wow, wow. You are dropping your kids off to school right now. You're slipping into a polling booth before heading into work, and the economy is strong. 
The country added 250,000 jobs last month, smashing all expectations. Do you remember that during Barack Obama's period, he had to tell you how many jobs they were what was it creating or remember it was a created or saved? Yeah, created or that saved. Was problem, yeah. That was it. Because they had no numbers to show that we were doing well. Gross domestic uh, gross domestic product is up by 3.5%. Wages and salaries are finally rising over 3%. Customer confidence is now up, the highest it has been in nearly two decades. New information from the Fed showed that 74% of the country reported that they are now living comfortably. That is 10% higher than it was during Obama's second term. There hasn't been the October surprise in the stock market. It is the economy, stupid. Number two, mass crime, violence, hate on the rise. If you listen to the left, it sounds like it, but the facts don't lie. The new FBI data shows that crime in this country is down across the board. In fact, this is the first time that crime has dropped in this matter since two, uh, since uh, Obama took the Oval Office in 2008. The murder rate has now dropped by 2%. Violent crime went down by 1%. Now, If you could just get the Democrats to condemn the violent left, the groups like Antifa, I think the crime rate might go down even further, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Tip number three that they do not want you talking about. The left has called uh, everybody on the right a fascist, a race baiter. They keep talking about dog whistles. This is contrary to American values and principles. I don't think uh, they have any ground to stand on when they fail to uh, condemn people like Antifa and Louis Farrakhan. But in many cases, they actually support these people. In the case of Farrakhan, the leaders of the biggest resistance, hashtag resistance, the social justice organizers, the Women's March, have ties to Louis Farrakhan. Obama has now been caught uh, talking, ca- taking candid photos with him. Representatives Keith Ellison, Barbara Lee of California, Maxine Waters, Danny Davis in Illinois, uh, Andre Carson in Indiana, Gregory Meeks in New York, and Al Green in Texas. They all have ties to Louis Farrakhan. This is not a guy that preaches peace. This is not a guy that says, hey, let's get together with the Jews. This is an anti-Semite. He is a raging racist and a raging anti-Semite. He advocates violence. He was just in Iran on Sunday leading death to America chants. And many people in the Democratic Party were standing with him recently at speeches. I don't mean the the funeral of Aretha Franklin where they made all kinds of excuses why they would stand next to this man. I'm talking about his actual anti-Semitic speeches. The left actually has the ball to say anyone at all is inferior to them when it comes to American ideals. Really? There's a lot more I could add to this list, but these three alone in a more rational time would be enough to guarantee or practically guarantee an election day landslide. I'm not saying that these facts are comfortable for our friends on the left, but they are indisputable.
It's Tuesday, November 6th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program, and uh, we say hello to our executive producer, uh, Mr. Steve Bergrier. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling me Steve. I appreciate well, that for the first time in 20 years. I so, thought I would give it a shot. Well, thought I'd give it a shot. Yeah. How did, how did it feel? Rolling uh, off the top. It was kind of a little uncomfortable. Okay. You're back a to uncomfortable. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like the name I gave you because I didn't listen to you the first time, okay. what your name was. Can I ask you what you think is going to happen today? Uh, okay. So uh, I'm always wrong on these things. I'm always wrong. So, you know. Take it with not just a grain, a block of salt, a big <laughs> cow salt lick. Okay, what's your vibe though? I mean, uh, my my feeling is is that we're going to come out of this surprised that it is going to go the Republican way. Mm. Uh, that uh, you just made a pretty good case for it. Yeah, it's it's the economy, stupid, uh, and the economy is good, and I really truly believe that the the things that we're seeing are really all coming from from the left and from the media. We're we're being talked down by the media. We've already seen that the media can is not trustworthy. So why do we think that they've stopped campaigning to report the news on what's really happening? Now, I don't want to I don't want to say that the pollsters are doing that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they have a vibe for the country. And if Republicans come out, it's I think it's going to be um, I think it's not going to be the night that everybody says. Now, again, with a salt with a salt lick, <laughs> you've got to take that. Look, you're not the only one. These things are hard, right? Yeah. They're very difficult to do to predict these things. I'm curious as your thoughts of one of the big uh, t- conversations going on inside Republican circles mm-hmm. as this uh, election day is here is the last sort of messaging of the campaign. There was a discussion between, uh, reportedly, between high ups uh, in the administration and in the Republican Party of wanting to go the direction of what you just did, which was, hey, great economy. Hey, good judges. Hey, we've got a lot of you know deregulation, lots of success. Look at all the good things that have happened in the last two years. Essentially, are you better off now than you were two years ago? Uh, and uh, Trump went instead, and, and not just him, but other people in the administration, uh, decided to go more towards the, hey, caravan, uh, look at the caravan, look at some of these other things. And it's an, interesting, it's an interesting discussion. I think Trump has connected with something which is really smart when it comes to campaigning, which is don't suck the emotion out of it. He is a, he he's able to find issues that make people not necessarily like oh well that's a good that's a good economic issue let's talk about it it's an emotional issue the caravan's an emotional yeah. issue I I think that Donald Trump is uh, not a guy to be second guessed when it comes to and I don't mean this as a slam he's a re- he's a reality show star he has unbelievable instincts on how to work the press mm-hmm. and how to capture attention you know he is. You know, what people don't point out about Donald Trump is he had bigger crowds than Barack Obama did in 2008. And that's saying something. In 2016, he was drawing the kind of crowds, and I believe bigger crowds in the uh, run-up to the election of his presidency, than Barack Obama. That's not easy to do. Barack Obama was a historic president in 2007, okay? Um 
However, Barack Obama's crowds, once he was president, that went away. Mm -hmm. That just went away. And one of the reasons why I think it went away is he turned out to be an establishment guy for the extreme left. For the people that were really excited about transformative change, we were freaking out about how much changed. But that's not, it wasn't enough for the people who came out in droves. And so he was playing to half-empty stadiums. You'll see that this president is not only the, the, the second to draw those kinds of crowds in the run-up, he is the first to hold them now. He's holding these crowds. Barack Obama's not gra- grabbing those crowds. There's nobody that is grabbing this kind of emotion that he is. I, th- I wouldn't, personally, if I were in the White House, I would say two things to the president. One, it's the economy, stupid. I, I would go with the economy. However, Mr. President, uh, every time somebody says something's wrong and you decide to go the other way, when it comes to the public and knowing what the winning strategy is to, to, to win and to beat, you're always right and everybody else is always wrong. Go with your gut. And that's what he's done, right? Yeah. It's supposedly he pulled off a $6 million ad buy praising the economy, and he re- rejected it, reportedly. Um, the other thing that's interesting is he has inserted himself into the campaign overtly, which is not what normal normally what presidents do. More, normally presidents are, well, look, look, these are individual races. They don't want to necessarily be the focus of the campaign. He's come out and said, this campaign is about me. It he is. has said it. It now, is. I think For that's the left, probably it is. it's true. And, and you know what? 2010 was also about Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. But Barack Obama didn't say it was about Barack mm-hmm. Obama. Trump is saying it's about Trump. Mm-hmm. Now, I disagree that it should be about Trump or Barack Obama. Make your decision based on the people you're voting on. Make, mm-hmm. make your decision based on the people who are on the ballot. But I mean, again, it's an emotional situation. People are either really for Trump or really against him. So they wind up casting their vote that way. So to me, the election is is about Donald Trump to the left. But to the right, it should be about what kind of country do you want to be? And they're making that all about do you want to be a kind, gentle nation? Excuse me, but you that boat sailed with you guys long ago, long ago. Um, to me, what this is, is do you want to be a socialist nation? And I don't mean Canada. I mean, Venezuela. And that's what the Democratic Socialists, that's what the, the, the crazy left that is in control of the Democratic Party right now. That's what they're that's what they want. The crazy left wants that for the Democratic Party. They have moderated now because they have to play to the red uh, to the uh, red states. And so they've moderated and said, you know what? We're not you know, we, we can have people who are against abortion in in our in our tent. No, they can't. No, they can't. They've wanted to get rid of those people from day one. They've wanted to get rid of them. They're only saying that now because it's an election year. They're, the minute that's over, those pro-choice people, if they're already those pro-choice people, you're going to be marginalized again. So it is really, truly not to me, not about Donald Trump. It is about what's the future. Are we a democratic republic or are we a democratic socialist country? That's what's at question today. And do not take that for granted. Today, you have to go out and vote. 
we have a few uh, of the pieces from the rally last night. And one of the questions that uh, NBC asked the president, any regrets, I thought was really, uh, really, really a great answer from him. We go to our sponsor this half hour, which is LifeLock. LifeLock.com. Boy, there are so many phishing scams and so many things that where people are trying to hack in and get your identity. But also, uh, there is, uh, there's, you know, they're trying to hack in and get control of all of your devices as well. That's why there is the new LifeLock.com, now with Norton Security. Norton Security will help you protect against the threats on your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats and prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions and all businesses. But the new LifeLock with Norton Security, that is a double whammy, and it will see the threats that you might miss and fix them. So, lifelock.com is the place to go. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. If you use the promo code BACK, you're going to get an extra 10% off of your first year plus a $25 Amazon gift card with annual enrollment. That is promo code B-E-C-K. Promo code BACK at 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. I think it's interesting when we're talking about the strategy here, the closing argument. Um, a lot of people in the media are saying, oh, he's just trying to scare people. He's trying to scare people. And I don't think that that's a fair summary of what Trump has decided to do when bringing up things like, you know, the caravan and making that into more of an issue than, I, let's say, the economy. Right, um, because I think that's legitimate. Well, yeah, first of all, it's a legitimate issue. Yeah. And, and it, it is something that, you know, Republicans and conservative voters really care about. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a motivator, it's the economy stupid I don't think is right anymore. I think people need that emotional uh, driver, and the biggest motivator there is is fear. Now, fear connected to a real issue is something that has been used in politics forever. It's not like you know, it's not like he's just saying you know something that's not true. These these caravans are an issue. Illegal immigration is an issue. It's something that he's been passionate about for a while. He ran on that platform. So using that as a motivator, and it is tied to uh, fear that we're not going to be able to handle it, fear that the other side won't take it seriously, fear that we might let in uh, a criminal element, which we've even seen them admit that there are criminals in 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 this so, caravan. So before we get into a deeper discussion of fear, let me ask you this. Which do you think the American people uh, fear more? Do you think that they see the economy the way it's going and they feel good and they feel like we're making progress uh, and they believe that the House and the Senate or at least the House has had anything to do with this? Or do they think that that's Donald Trump? I think most people think that's Donald Trump. I agree with you. So if you're talking about, hey, we can't let the Democrats win the House. Most people are not connecting their fear of losing this, you know, this feeling of prosperity mm-hmm. by a loss of a house because they got that guy in there. And it's really him that did it. Okay? That's probably, I would say a lot of people do believe that. Yes. Okay. So the bigger fear is, and I think, again, I think it's valid. The bigger fear is these guys are going to get in. They never built the wall. They didn't do these things. When Donald Trump says, this is about me, that's not an ego statement. That is addressing this question that I'm asking you about fear. 
It's not about the House. It's not about the Senate. These guys want to stop me. And stopping me stops what we're doing on the uh, economy, stops uh, Mm -hmm. the judges, stops what's happening at the border. Most people will, will look at the Democrats and Congress. Forget about parties. They will look at Congress as the biggest uh, impediment to securing the border. Not the president. The Congress. And so when he says, look at what's coming our way. And it's real. You can see it. Now, Democrats, I shouldn't say this. Um Team players, party players, the Republicans that are just the win at all costs doesn't really matter what the truth is. They would hype up anything. Same with the Democrats. They would deny anything. The devil could be on our border going, <laughs> I'm coming for you. And they would say, oh, that's just a guy with a deep voice. You just hate people with red skin, red skin and pointy <laughs> tail. But don't worry about it. OK, so nobody's list. Nobody's listening to that. The American people can see this caravan and they've made up their own mind. And I think Donald Trump is is playing on that because it's more of a real, tangible, logical fear to the American people that if you change Congress, this is what's coming. And I won't be able to help because I want to build the I want to build the wall. Let me go deeper on fear here in a second. Welcome to the program. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to Pat Gray from Pat Pat Gray Unleashed, which precedes this program on the Blaze Radio Network and television. Uh, And he's going to be joining us for our coverage tonight. I am the designated driver. And if if Pat leaves a little early and has to pour somebody into their car uh, or his car, he's uh, he's also the designated driver. Welcome. That should tell you something about our coverage tonight, especially if it goes poorly. Uh, Oh, I hope not. I don't think it's going to. I don't either. I have this. I don't either. Okay, so let me let me ask you this, Pat. I have this, and I'm wrong every time. Every time. So I hate to even say this. I know. Because it's a Glenn Beck curse. But mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's not going to, it's actually going to be pretty good tonight. I keep thinking we're going to, the Republicans will keep the House. I, you know, do, you, I, do you think so, I too? I do, too. Yeah. I hate I, to say it because yeah, there's I know, like I nobody too. that agrees with that. But right. I, I just and well, maybe that's Mike just Pence. Does that is that what he's Pence saying? has been sticking to that? Yeah, he he says Republicans ret- retain the House uh, and Senate. Um, if can you imagine? Oh my oh, gosh! It'd be the CNN. It'd be so great. We so have great. got to put them on suicide watch tonight. Yes, if this this yeah. starts to go for a a holding of the House and Senate, they will be suicidal. Yeah, but this is a really big election that. Uh, shows just how radical America has become. There's a chance we really swing left today because there are some serious socialist-leaning and just plain socialist Beto. candidates that could win. Yeah, Beto is one. Beto is one. Yeah, Beto and Tom, and Tom Cruise, Ted Cruz. Um, <clears throat> not a lot of people confuse those two. No. Yeah, no. strange. Uh, but uh, if if Beto wins, that is a... That's a blue wave in Texas. I mean, they keep saying, blue that's wave, big. blue wave in Texas. That's that big. would be pretty big. That's, yeah, that's a pretty big, big wave that's to sweep big. Ted Cruz out of office. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I still maintain 
that Ted wins by 10 points. So do wow. I. Wow. So do I. Yeah. You can make some money on that one. Really? Oh, yeah. You can make, uh, how about you want to make 13 times your money right now? Yeah. Because uh, right now you can make 13 times your money on, on Cruz winning by uh, more than 10. Really? So 10 to 12. Wow. To, to be clear, this is predicted. Mm. By the way, we're going to have someone on, I think, from Predicted Today as part of our coverage. Uh, it's a site that, and it's legal. You can bet on politics, basically. And the, the concept is not necessarily for you to bet, but the concept is for them to be able to get prediction data. It's their way. It's a, it's a prediction market. It is to me. This, I mean, this was DARPA's idea yeah, for terrorism. Was, exactly. And I, I think it's so much better than taking polls because what you're doing is people are putting their money where their mouth is. And so mm-hmm. if you can get this prediction market up high enough with enough participation, you're going to have some pretty good, accurate polls because... People don't want to lose money, mm-hmm. and so it, it'll just kind of all come out. What do they say about? So for twelve percent or more a margin, now this could be it's for either candidate. It's the total margin, but obviously I don't think anyone thinks Beto's going to win by twelve points. Um, you, the last trade was at seven cents, so you would be able to buy that if if it happens, it goes up to a dollar, so you would get about thirteen times your money more than that. Um, the same thing from ten to twelve percent. So really, if you bid, if you did above ten, you'd have to bet both of those lines. Hmm. Theoretically, you'd, you'd mm-hmm. still be able to get about six and a half, seven times your money. Um, what does it say about them well, keeping the house? Uh, the house. If you give me a moment, they say so. You can. It's thir- they think about a thirty-one percent chance Republicans keep the House. Now I will say that is that's uh, a lot higher than I've seen. A lot higher. Yeah, um, lot right higher. now, five thirty-eight says I, it is about an, a nineteen percent chance. Um, actually, mm-hmm. sorry, let me uh, let me click over here. I, I think so twelve, they, isn't it? Yeah, they give twelve yeah. percent for it was twenty last night. I thought. Yeah, they give it. They give <clears throat> several different <throat> forecasts. Just a quick one. Like there's just the polls. If you look at just the polls, it's about nineteen percent. When you factor in the fundamentals, when you're talking about fundraising and, uh, you know, wh- where the states voted yeah. in the past, all that, you're at 12 uh, percent. And then when you factor in the the for- forecasts from experts, it gets to about 14 percent. But you get the point. It's about between 10 and 20 percent, they think. Predicted is uh, much more optimistic on the House for uh, Republicans. But again, like if you if you think that's wrong, you can make money on the other side of it. It's yeah, interesting. I'd be willing to. I mean, I believe in this. If I were a betting man, I would be willing to put enough money, you know, that I'm comfortable losing. Mm-hmm. You know, I put five hundred bucks on that. On that they win the house. They win the house. Yeah, now, I, I would do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's enough to hurt and make you go, "Ow, shouldn't have done that." But <laughs> you know, because you get. I mean, you. You'd be able to make a decent amount on that mm-hmm. if you if you win. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to watch it. Um, I you know the House is much more fluid than you know the Senate. The Senate is so has such a structural advantage. Remember, coming into this, if there before there are any elections today, Republicans automatically have a forty two twenty three lead. Automatically built in, those people are not up for election. So it shows, like, in reality, what we're talking about is really automatically a disaster for Republicans. They should not be th- sweating these things. Mm-mm. I mean, it, it, this is this should not be a close <clears throat> one. We said this back in 2016, dis- right after the election. I, I, dis- um, I disagree. How? Because it, it always swings back in midterm. But the structural advantage here is dramatic. They have a 19-seat lead before an election happens today. 19 Senate seats they're leading by, and they're hoping to win by one. (laughs) Like They are going to... All of these... You know, because a lot of them are like races they had no chance of winning, right? There's Bernie Sanders is on the ticket, right? Bernie Mm -hmm. Sanders is going to win, and it's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not a competitive race. But I mean... 
you know, Democrats to ha- the fact that we're talking about the Democrats having any chance at all to take the Senate is really bad. When we came out of the 2016 election, this is before any Save of this, this for tomorrow on CNN, because that's to me, that's that's kind of the it's the, the it's the analysis I had, Glenn, right after the election in 2016. The structural advantages here are dramatic for Republicans that we're talking about. They're going to lose almost definitely a race in a state which Donald Trump won by 42 points. They are going to lose that Senate race in in West Virginia. They are going to most likely uh, you never know. I mean, you got to put the asterisks on there. Why? But Manchin is a overwhelming Why? favorite to win today. And Trump won the state by 42. He won Indiana by a large margin. Uh, and that is a toss-up race. He won yeah. Missouri by a gigantic margin. And that's a toss-up race. And for it to be Everything. close again in Texas is a travesty. Yeah. I mean, and I, I that, think... Can I take yeah. both of those yeah. mm-hmm. and, and address both of those? One, I think Ted Cruz is not a likable candidate in the first place. This guy is a super, you know, ultra rock star, hangout Barack Obama kind mm-hmm. of thing. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. And he's always not likable uh, for people. <laughs> and I think there were people that were pissed on both sides with mm-hmm. Ted Cruz uh, during the last uh, election. When it comes down to it, I think there's going to be a bigger spread than we think, which would prove i think my theory correct that people aren't willing to say it but they're just going to go and do it could be wrong on that maybe when it comes to uh mansion all elections uh, are local mm-hmm. and west virginia is a die hard blue state for them to lose uh, for them to have donald you trump mean, you mean red mm-hmm. no it's i'm talking about West Virginia? West Virginia? For Republican no, 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 no. I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about I'm talking about overtime. It is a union There was a time. It's changed quite a bit, though. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's he, normally uh, Republican. Republicans are overwhelming favorites going into an election. Now, Manchin mm-hmm. is a big feat. I, 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 my feeling on this mm-hmm. is when it comes to the oh. when it comes to the balance of power, there's enough uh, in West Virginia that wants to say uh, 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 i i don't know i i want i want i want that union protection i want that yeah. i want that protection there of a democrat and look i think we can come up with arguments for every one of these races texas is a good example for example you know trump only won texas by nine it was not a, a blowout like it was in west virginia in texas and the fact that it could be five or six or closer is not out of the realm of possibility and I think every one of these races, we can come up with an argument as to why the Republican is underperforming the mm-hmm. theoretical place they should be. But that's the point. We have to come up with an argument in every one of these cases as to why the Republican is underperforming the place they should be. And that is not a, that's not a positive. Now, I think the, the fact that the Republicans will likely hold the Senate is a good thing, and I'm excited about it. I want them to hold the Senate. Um, but... This I remember talking about this initially. It was a question of do they get to 56, 57, 58 seats. That right. could happen today. Could. Correct. But in, instead, we're talking about whether they can hold 50. I think they will. I think they they'll will. get to 52, 53. But still, this has so, not been an, an incredible run here. A lot of these candidates that should should be competitive aren't. So so let me ask you a question. This is this even if they win the way, you know, you're saying now that they might get 51, 50. Okay, um, even if they win that way, mm-hmm. 
is this a bigger wave than uh, 2010 was with Barack Obama? Uh, no, God, right? No. I don't. Right? Uh, yeah. So, so that was 70, this is, 73 seats or something. Right. Yeah. So, so just hear it's me huge. out for a second. Mm-hmm. Look at how polarizing Donald Trump is. Look how polarizing he is. Mm-hmm. Look at the money that they have spent. They were out protesting mm-hmm. in the streets. I just don't see that that level of real, true people in their kitchen making signs with their kids that there was it's not real it's i mean don't get me wrong the passion is real on the left but it's not the same as it was in 2012 he should donald trump should be we're being led to believe he's as polarizing as we felt barack obama was in in 2010 but it's not the same i i'm telling you i think that this is a a giant loss, even if it's at 50, it is a giant loss for the Democrats because they should have. If the media was true, look at look at the power and the money that they have spent. If the media was truly a reflection of the American people, this should be a landslide in the Democratic in the Democratic uh, space. It's true, although I, we know it's not right. I mean, in I reality, know. it's a, it's a loss for the media for sure. I mean, I just think that. These are states that Republicans were heavy favorites in, you know, a year ago. And I just know some if, of them. I, I, look, I think look, and I said, you know, he's definitely going to lose. He, it's not. I mean, it's not that certain, right? I think. I think. I hope Morrissey pulls that one out. And there's some polling that gives you hope there, but it's gonna, it's a tough one, and it the, shouldn't. It shouldn't be as tough as it is. The two states that are just blowing me away, though, Florida and and Georgia in the governor Florida. races. That just that's just unbelievable crazy. to me. That's Those crazy. are extreme left wing candidates in yeah. in red states. Florida is about to go from one of the freest states. To one of the least free states, it's going to be number forty-seven. If, if they elect Gillum, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it. This guy, it's going to be it, bad. This guy, and especially with all the Cubans that yeah. live down in Florida, so you'd think Jeez. that they would, and they are, be just be on fire. Going, what are you talking about? Right. I mean, look across the water. Mm. That's what this guy is saying. He wants. Yep. Thanks, Pat. We'll yep. see you tonight on our coverage. Begins at six o'clock. You don't want to miss it tonight. And we have a segment on Gillum tonight uh, on TV, and, it'll, and we're going through a bunch of these uh, Real socialist camera candidates that are out there and we're going to be talking about. Uh, it's at 5 p.m. Eastern uh, on The Blaze with Glenn. All right. Simply Safe is our sponsor this half hour. Simply Safe Home Security. It is it's simply the best uh, is what it is. It is the industry leader now. If you are looking for something that is going to keep your home safe, your business safe, your family safe, somebody breaks a window, opens a window, opens a door, Simply Safe will alarm will alert you and then alert the police or the fire department, whichever is uh, the most appropriate. And you can take a sledgehammer to this thing. It's still going to call police. You can uh, you can cut the phone lines and it'll call police. You can cut Wi-Fi and it's going to call the police. There's no way around Simply Safe that I can see, and you own it. And when you when you are leasing one of these things from one of these big uh, alarm company uh, service providers, you, you don't own anything, and you're just always looking for an out because they're gouging your eyes out. Now with Simply Safe, you own the system, no hard wires. And no strings attached because there are no contracts. You own it. You're going to save a buttload of money. Wait until you see the price of this thing. 
And then on top of it, it's only $14.99 a month for your 24-7 monitoring. It's simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck. Let me go to Terry in North Carolina. Hello, Terry. Hey, good morning, guys. How, are, how is everybody? Uh, good. How are you? Good. Um, Glenn, I wanted to speak to you this morning. Um, I know it's Election Day and uh, you're busy, but I wanted to see how you and your family were doing after hmm. you had to put your dog to sleep. Thank you for asking. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this maybe later this week after we get past the election. Um, it is such a confusing time to put your dog to, to sleep. It's just such a hard thing to do. And you never know if you're doing the right thing. Um, we, you know, we've obviously prayed about it and, and feel we did the right thing, but it's so hard. And it was really, really hard on everybody yesterday. And I appreciate your thoughts and prayers and, and your, your call, Terry. Um, I got a note this morning from Tanya and she said, um, Uno never ate until Ella was finished eating. And, uh, then Ella would go sit next to the Ottoman in the living room and, uh, Tanya would always have to stand there and and uh, and be around Uno when he ate. And she said this morning he wouldn't eat. He uh, just went into the living room and uh, laid down where she always laid down. Um, and uh, so, you know, now we just have to help him through the uh, loss of, of his best friend as well. But, Terry, thank you so much for your phone call. It is uh, Election Day. Uh, and, uh, we'd love to hear your, your conversation, your thoughts on what you think is happening. I'd love to hear from you. If you voted this morning, how are the, how are the lines at the, the polls? Stu and I haven't voted yet because we were out of town and we should have done early voting and we didn't like idiots. So we have to go today. Uh, and uh, I urge you, <laughs> urge you in the strongest of terms to go and vote. If you were thinking, ah, you know, I'll get to that. Or if you're you were going to do it today and then you're like, I, but I've got so much to do. Please drop everything and go vote. Take a friend and go vote. Go through your contact list and see who you think might be going. Ah, yeah, but I just don't have time and go get them and pick them up and take them to the polls. You have to vote today. Back in a minute. We want to tell you about our sponsor, uh, Home Title Lock. This is the company that Stu, I think, found uh, yeah. a few months back and, um, and, and, you know, found it and then, you know, went and called the number and, 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 and signed up for the service and then came in and said, you have to hear this. They became sponsors of his and they did the same thing to me. You seconds. can lose your house overnight and you can't believe how easy it is for someone to steal your your home title. I know. It's just that they did it to us. They, they just showed us these documents. Here are the documents we would need to do to take your title. And we could do it right now if we wanted to. Obviously, thank God they're not criminals. Uh, but they do know how easy it is and they can protect you from it just for pennies a day. It's HomeTitleLock.com is the place to go. Now, if you have a rental property or an elderly relative or you just own a home, this may have already happened to you. You want to make sure that it, that it's not the case. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. You get the $100 scan free. Do this for your family. Do this for your, your parents if they still have a home. HomeTitleLock.com. Do it now. Glenn Beck. All right. Uh, the day has arrived. Today is it. Today is it. 
you're in your car right now, and if you haven't voted yet, what are you thinking, man? What are you thinking? Today's the day you've got to go out and vote. And let me give you a little encouragement from Lindsey Graham. I mean, what? The unexpected hero in the hurricane-like nightmare that has been the last six months. Yesterday, he was on Fox and Friends. And here he is with a rallying cry to guide through the storm. What's your message, Senator, going forward? Here's what he said. To remind people what happened to Brett Kavanaugh, that the Democrats will do anything to win. They do not accept the fact that President Trump won. Talk about the caravan and the growing economy and get our vote out. I've never seen Republicans more united than I do now. I think we're going to kick butt in the Senate. And the House is too, uh, too close to call. And the last 30 days has been a nightmare for Trump state Democrats. Powerful words and worse, words worth remembering. Uh, did you see that uh, guy came out uh, and said, hey, by the way, I think I was the guy that uh, Blasey Ford was talking about? You see this? He just came out and said it, it was consensual. At least I thought it was. He said, but she was wearing a swimsuit. We were at the house that she kind of described. It was within walking distance. It's exactly the same. And her friend jumped on me. Um, and I thought we were all joking, but apparently not. I mean, it sounds exactly like it. That was in the Senate uh, report. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh Nobody really seems to care. And if you don't think they'll do anything to win, you got to have your head examined. The chaos of the media's prediction and outrage to forget. We, we forget that there is a proper way to respond to this, a democratic way. And today is that day. The leftists have made a show of their feelings, their unbridled outrage. They're willing to take to the streets with firebombs on the extreme left. We have to remember that the democratic response, the only truly meaningful way to respond to respond is by voting. Linda Sarsour and her gang of provocateurs can interrupt a hundred more Supreme Court nomination hearings, but they will never accomplish as much as one person who votes. I'm not against freedom of speech. I'm not against. In fact, I'm for freedom of speech. I'm for your right to peacefully Assemble. But what we've seen over the past two years since the exact moment that Donald Trump was elected is a sorry excuse for freedom of speech. It's often driven by a desire to do away with free speech as we know it. What's happening on our campuses should frighten every single person in America, left and right, I'm sorry, Democrat and Republican to the core. Left, left. That's what they want. We should not equate words with violence. Violence deserves, sometimes it's the only way that you can curb it and stop it is a violence, a violent response. But that's the police, the police's job. If they'll do it anymore. Hello, Portland. This is our moment. If you want to see the world go the way of Portland, Stay at home today. Don't vote. Many times before, we let the democratic process run its course. And the results will speak for themselves. At the moment, we're in the last threads of the game. 
unsure if the Hail Mary is going to land. I don't know what's about to happen. But whatever the result tonight, tomorrow is different. Tomorrow, the course has changed one direction or the other. Whichever direction that is, we need to move forward with class, peace, and dignity. It's Tuesday, November 6th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, it's, what's amazing, Stu, to me is that, um, I mean, Nancy Pelosi said, you know, we're ready to throw a punch. We're ready to throw a punch. Mm. I mean, the, the, I, I just think the world is is not ready for what the Democrats. And when I say this, I want to make sure that people understand. When I say the Democrats, I mean the Democrats in Washington that have sold their soul to the uber left. I mean, when you have Linda Sarsour and Keith Ellison, who worked for Louis Farrakhan, when you have them running the DNC and the Women's March, and they're accepted by the mainstream media and by the mainstream Democratic Party, you have problems. Let me play Louis Farrakhan uh, just this weekend in Iran. Listen. Is it not true that you have called America the great Satan? Well, if you believe what you say, then would not Satan be actively involved in trying to destroy a nation that is set up on the belief and practice of submission to the will of God? So we should not be surprised at what Satan does to ill-affect the righteous. All that your elders have sacrificed will mean nothing if you do not pick up the revolution and carry it forward. America is making it very hard for Iran to successfully carry out its mission. But if you have the strength to persevere under these hard trials, the victory will be yours this is unbelievable Mm. and the media today is talking about donald trump's rhetoric this is this is what you i think this is what people miss when donald trump said last night he wants to he wishes he could tone it down play that cut please this is him with nbc is there anything, as you look back at your first almost two years, that you regret, that you wish on you, that you could just take back and redo? I would say tone. Uh, I would like to have a much softer tone. I feel to a certain extent I have no choice, but may do. And maybe I could have been softer from that standpoint, but I want to get things done. He said that he doesn't feel he has a choice. And a lot of people don't feel like they have a choice. We all do. Of course, but this is this is the one thing that I would like Democrats to hear and I would like Republicans to hear it as well. Donald Trump is a response to what the left and the media has been shoveling for the last, I don't even know, 20 years. 
at least the last 10, 20, 30 years, just been shoveling it and shoveling it and stoking the fire and stoking the fire and throw more coal on the fire. Here's a log. They've just been stoking this fire. Uh, And Donald Trump won because people felt there's no one fighting for me. Now you say, well, he's a demagogue. He's a, well, that's what happens. This is what I warned the left of during the Obama administration. Don't do this. Don't you see what you're doing? Don't you see that you are disenfranchising so many people? It's why I do want the Republicans to hear this, because it's going to turn around as well. What do you think they're going to do? Now, it's easier for them to do it. Again, this is coming from a conservative perspective. But I feel it is far easier for them to do it because the left historically is the trouble in America. The left historically has always been the ones who riot, the ones that bomb, the ones that kill and maim. Historically, at least in the last 150 years, that's who's caused most of the big problems. You're seeing it on the streets with Antifa. And that's just going to get worse and worse and worse because the media fails to recognize it. You start electing some of these democratic socialists and the states. I mean, I, I, I hope that I, I would like to talk to people from Florida. What the hell is going on with Florida? What are you doing? Gillum, what are you doing? You want to see you want to see the uh, effects of a democratic socialist in office. Well, all you have to do is look to Portland. That's what that looks like. I don't want to live in Portland, and I don't know any Democrats that want to live in Portland. And Portland's a great city, but it's it's no, it's out being of control. Torn apart right it's now, out of control by Antifa and other groups. Uh, and you know, Florida too. It's in, it's had such a good run. Things are going so well. You have not only uh, you're going to bring in a Democratic socialist to be governor. The guy who was governor through all the success is running in the Senate and is a slight underdog right now. I mean, how? What happened? What happened to you, Florida? What are you sense. going through? It doesn't make any sense. What what is happening in Florida? Let me take some of the calls here. We're going to take uh, a few of the calls at 888-727-BECK. By the way, our coverage begins tonight on the Blaze uh, television and radio network at 6 p.m. Everybody's going to be in. We have all kinds of guests that uh, you're going to want to see and hear their opinion. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is going to be joining us. Uh, several, several people, so join us. Uh, John, West Virginia. Hello, John. Hi, uh, I live pretty close to Pittsburgh, and uh, most of the country doesn't know where West Virginia is. And the only thing they know about West Virginia is maybe coal, Joe Manchin, and WVU Mountaineers. Is why I didn't come up to see you in Pittsburgh because they were playing. Um, huh. But uh, <laughs> when we have somebody on the national stage like Manchin or Bird, it seems like people in the state will keep them in power because it empowers us throughout the rest of the country. Uh. Um, they do uh, come here for uh, Trump. Trump came to Wheeling, West Virginia, and there was a huge crowd. Uh, there was like a dozen protesters. They're huge for Trump, but they're local for like yeah. the, the Congress. Now, so, is, you know, uh, my, my statement was earlier that it is 
that there is this blue heritage there, especially with the unions and coal and everything else. Is that accurate at all anymore? No, it's not. Huh, okay. uh, when Hillary and Obama was trying to kill coal, it really that ended it all. For, and it's yes. and it hasn't lingered at all. No, it has not lingered at all. Mm, okay, good. All right, and I've Go met ahead. Joe Manchin before, yeah. and he's a very likable guy, um, very personable. And then you have um, Morrissey come in, who looks like the uh, geeky Pillsbury Doughboy. No offense, Glenn. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I needed to turn ugly on me. That's a good point, though. <laughs> but anyway, see, uh, Joe played the rope dope and just let Morrissey uh, put out his ads. And then at the ninth hour, he came out with his ads calling Morrissey a carpetbagger mm. and uh, that he was a lobbyist for the opioids, which is a huge problem in this state. Mm. And I think it's resonating because I know family members that are. Uh, diehard Trumpists who uh, were going to vote for Morrissey, and now they're switching back over to mm. Joe. Mm. Uh, John, thank you so much for your phone call from West Virginia. I'd like to hear from uh, Missouri. I'd like to hear from Arizona. What the hell is McSally? Uh, McSally is 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 it's Very tight close, yeah. with cinema. Yeah. Cinema is first of all her name. It should remind you of Hollywood in the movies. Uh, <laughs> cinema is. Damn near insane. Well, yeah. I mean, she the things she said about Arizona are really bad, but also that would bother me less. I mean, she's trying to maybe trying to be funny or whatever. I could deal with that. What I couldn't deal with is her being a bit, you know, on doing a show with a 9-11 truther and, uh, you know, being essentially a code pink level activist. Now no, she's now moderated, of course. That I, that wasn't her. No, no. You know, I want to I, I want to compare her to Donald Trump in, a, in something I think you will appreciate when I come back. I want to show you the difference between her and Donald Trump when we come back. All right. Today is the day. Today is the day. Uh, stock market is preparing for just about anything. And tonight the stock market will move one way or another, I think. Now is the uh, real opportunity to get in front of the price increase or the uh, uh, or the uh, uh, the collapse of the stock market and the price increase of gold if the Democrats win the House and uh, and God forbid that it's a blue wave. President Trump has been warning about the risk to everyone uh, if Republicans lose you know, the houses of Congress or at least just even the House. The risks are real. Goldline has a must-read report on what you can expect if there is a Democratic victory. And you can get this report for free right now. I've read the report. I have shared the report. It is really good. You need to read it. Call them now at 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Get their special midterm election report right now. How is this going to affect your money? Find out now. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. I want to talk to people of Arizona here for a second about uh, cinema. Um, this is a woman who is, is running who is a hardcore leftist. I mean, she is a... A code pink leftist. It's incredible to me that people are listening to her. Now, it's it's working for her because she's saying, oh, you know what? I yes, I used to be radical, but I'm not anymore. I'm not. I think immigration is our biggest problem and we've got to stop these. Excuse me. What? A hardcore leftist, a code pink activist. 
activist, she's moderating to be able to get in. Same thing the Democratic Party is doing. Hey, we have a big tent. If you're pro, if you're pro life, that's fine. You're welcome. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're welcome today. But as soon as the election's over, you're not welcome. Now, let me let me show you the difference between her and, and Donald Trump. Donald Trump, uh, my problem with Donald Trump at the beginning uh, on his policies was I didn't believe he would do any of this stuff. I, I, you know, he was a New York liberal and had lived his life the whole time. He says, no, 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 I've changed. I didn't believe he had changed. I changed. Well, he has obviously changed. And he's doing almost everything as a conservative, with an exception of things that he has a long record of, and he said he was going to do anyway, which was the tariffs. But everything else, he's starting to he's he's starting to be the president. Or he he came in office being the president. He said he would be. I thought when he said a few years ago, you know what, the Republicans are stupid. I'll just run as a Democrat, uh, but I'm going to run as a uh, as a Republican because they're just stupid. He said something like that. that he didn't say that. No, that, that's been passed around for a while. But okay, he, I okay. mean, he certainly but, had bounced back and forth between the parties. Right, and, right, yeah, right. Yeah, sure. So, but my my thought on this is. His problem was not with the Republican people. His problem was with the party. And the party is all over the map and stupid. Uh, And he is connected with the people and the conservative American way of the people. That's, I think, perhaps always been him. And the people, when he said last night, you know, I didn't do this. We did this together. This is both of us. I believe that from him. Cinema is is just moderating her her uh, position to become elected. You you don't go from a code pink activist to a moderate. You just don't. And if so, I want to hear that story. And if so, how come code pink is not out against her? Right. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I mean, you know, that one is so overtly terrible i mean she is just so overtly uh, against you know the typical way you'd think of arizona i mean arizona's been a red state you know for a while uh you know it, it's had its maverick elements as, as john mccain always used to like to point out about himself um but it was a a situation where you know this should not be you don't you don't think you're going to do very well with a hard left candidate good a good example of this is the governor race which is the same situation they have a very hard right candidate or hard left candidate that has no chance of winning which is exactly how this race should look so i want to show you what i think the uh democrat <clears throat> excuse me what the democrats are going to learn <clears throat> excuse me what they're going to learn from tonight's election because gillum probably is going to win and there's going to be a it's few close. people like very, this. very close. Yeah. But yeah, he's got he's fa- he's the favorite right. Right. Now. Um, Beto is going to do better than anyone in Texas should have done. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you what this is going to teach the Democrats. And uh, you should be wary of it, but you should definitely be aware. Uh, and we'll give that to you next. Welcome to the program. Tonight, we are going to be hitting our election special beginning at 6 p.m. We sure are. We'll have uh, all the uh, late-breaking returns, what the outlook is 
We're going to really follow the control of the Senate and the House, but also a lot of the key races, even as governors and ballot measures and things like that. Uh, so we'll have it all covered for you. We have a big group. I mean, I think there's like 16 or 17 people uh, who are going to be popping in for various pieces of commentary, some experts, some really good commentators. I think you're going to really enjoy it. The good thing is I can promise you it's going to be nothing like MSNBC's coverage. Nothing. Absolutely nothing like it. Um, you will you will barely recognize we're doing we're covering the same event. That's our goal. Okay. Um. You know, I've I've often joked about this, but uh, this is now breaking from NBC News. This is NBCNews.com. <clears throat> Scientists have been puzzling over uh, what is it? how do you say this? An Omwamwa? They're saying that's the I think that's the name of it. Yeah. Ever since the mysterious space object was observed tumbling past the sun in last uh, last 20, the last uh, part of 2017, giving its uh, given its high speed and its unusual trajectory, the reddish stadium size, whatever it is, had clearly come from outside of our solar system. But it is flattened and has an elongated shape. And the way it is accelerated on its way through our solar system has set it apart from conventional asteroids and comets. Uh, comets. Now a pair of Harvard researchers are raising the possibility that this is an alien spacecraft. They say in a paper to be published November 12th in the Astrophysical Journal Letters, the object may be a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth's vicinity by an alien civilization. The researchers aren't claiming outright that aliens sent this ship, but after careful, careful mathematical analysis of the way the interstellar object sped up as it shot past the sun, they say it could be a spacecraft through, pushed through space by light falling on its surface, or as they put it in the paper, a light sail of artificial origin. <clears throat> Just when you thought things couldn't get weirder. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I can tell you, M NBC News, when it, if they find out it's an alien, they'll be like, uh, well... Uh do you believe what Trump's doing about this alien? I can't believe what Kellyanne Conway just said about the alien spaceship. <laughs> Guys, it's an alien. There's an alien. He's walking around. He's talking to people. Yeah, but look what Donald Trump did. He was not respectful. This man, this man does not deserve to be in president in the office. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, Jesus. So it's 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 ridiculous. I can't believe that though. That is not. I mean, I know it is election day. It's a big news day. But the the idea that Harvard is coming out saying that they think it could be an alien spacecraft is sort of a bizarre. And because and and because not because of the way it looks or the way it's shaped, but because the way it accelerated. Yeah. Mathematically, it is impossible for just like a rock to do this. So it, the way it accelerated shows that it has some energy on its own in some way or another. <laughs> what? That is, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just thought of the good news. We'll all come together. That was, this is a big, uh, this is a big theory of, uh, who was it? Paul Krugman, right? He said that this would help the economy because everyone would, we, if we just fake an alien attack, 
then we'll all work together and we'll we'll spend a lot of money on an alien uh, defense and that will help the economy let me let me let me let me then let me play uh <laughs> cnn then on the other side um i can't believe the way nbc is hyping this whole alien thing just to have us all come together and side behind <laughs> them on election day this alien poses no threat it's not invading <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, uh, man. This is a bizarre world. Okay, so let me let me go through um, a couple of things. Here's what I think the Democrats are going to learn from this. Let's say that uh, Gillum wins and Beto comes within, what, four? So close. Uh, this would be a, a good election environment for Democrats. Okay. What they're going to take from those two things, th- there's there's no way that either of those guys... Uh, should win in those states Mm-mm. you know democratic socialists especially with beto he is completely out of step with texas so here's what they're going to take they're running against conventional politicians donald trump ran against 12 of the, it's the best lineup i've ever seen of conservative politicians he beat every single one yeah. of them. It was seventeen, wasn't 17. it? Seventeen total. I mean, they weren't yeah. all they weren't all the best, right? Uh, I, mean, I, I really think there was ones. like twelve that were like, okay, man. We were when I remember when we got down to twelve, we were like, there's like eight or nine of these guys that are really, really good. I'd take. Um, he beat all of them. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he wasn't the traditional politician. Gillum, he is just a well. If I may quote Joe Biden, a a clean, articulate fairy tale. <laughs> He's just, he seems like the guy you can hang out with. Okay, doesn't he? He seems like a normal guy. Same thing with Beto. Seems just like a, I mean, his, you know, clean, articulate. He's a clean, articulate Hispanic fairy tale. Hmm. And the fairy tale part is that he is Hispanic. <laughs> Here's an Irish guy who they have made to, they've positioned him as a Hispanic here in Texas. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he's saying. People just like him. So what they've learned is doesn't matter what we say as long as people like them. This is yet the next step to a celebrity kind of machine that it doesn't matter what they say, what they stand for. Do I like them? And I think they're going to win at that. Remember, they have all the Hollywood stable. We suck at that kind of stuff. We've used our celebrity. Yeah, we had two celebrities <laughs> since the beginning of time, right. Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. And, and now, we've used them all. We've used they're, them all. They're, they're done <laughs> now. <laughs> you don't have anybody left. We have Chuck Woolery. Uh, so True. we've got... Chuck could run. Yeah, we've got... Uh, you know, we, we, we don't have a big stable of that. But the one thing that they should learn, and uh, honestly that we should learn too, is packaging is everything. Because that's what they're going to take from it. Packaging is everything. Yeah. It's certainly not going to be a substance argument. That seems to just be gone. It's, people don't even talk about that stuff anymore. And, you know, I mean, I, it's hard to imagine that Florida agrees with a democratic socialist, right? I mean, this is not this is not who Florida is. You know, if you're living in Florida, let me ask you this. Is it possible that this is just he's a we're seeing a rerun except on the local uh, scale of Barack Obama? That it's a it's a state, you know, with a racist heritage, 
you know, it's a southern state and here's a chance to have your first black governor. Is there any of that going on? I have not heard that. So the I identity wonder. politics yeah. uh, argument, I, I, you know, it's certainly an, a factor, right? I mean, I mean, Democrats will say all the time that they're recruiting minority candidates. Uh, why are they doing that? Um, just because they're nice? No, they think that it helps them win. That's why they're doing it. Let me go to Dan in Florida, who's there now. Hi, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's happening in Florida? Havoc and mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, always what it is in Florida, though. What's happening now? <laughs> uh, uh, Andrew Gillum came out of nowhere. I mean, the guy, I didn't hear, but nobody knew who he was until he ran for city commission here in Tallahassee. Uh, I think the guy graduated from FAMU and was student body president for them. They ran for city commission, nothing, nothing special. And the guy did that for a little while and ran for mayor and uh, had all the, had all the support from you know, local leaders in the area uh, on the left and made it to mayor and did that one time. You know, highest Tallahassee, Leon County has the highest crime in the state of Florida. Uh, that in the, just the last, I think it was the last two or three years we've, We've uh, made that, you know, re- reached that pinnacle of having the highest crime rate, even worse than South Florida. Wow. Uh, In Tallahassee? Yeah. Wow. Tallahassee has the highest crime rate. Lynn County has the highest crime rate in out of any county in Florida. Now, it's uh, not necessarily just, it's not violent crime as much as it is all other break-ins, burglaries, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff, which crime is still crime. Uh, but since he's he's you know cleaned up Tallahassee so well, he wants to go ahead and finish off the rest of the state. <laughs> so and what is it that people are connecting why with? Winning, why yeah. is he winning? Or you uh, know at least competitive? This competitive? I, I, it's not in ta- he's not being competitive in Leon County. I think everybody around here knows knows where he's coming from knows uh, knows who he is. But the rest of the state, I mean, he's he's running around over in Tampa and Jacksonville and. Pensacola and Central Florida and South Florida, uh, and I, I think he's campaigning over there because they don't know, you know, they don't know who he is. It was, it, you know, local matters. I mean, there's FBI investigation all about him in Tallahassee with uh, campaign funds as well as corruption. I mean, the guy took took tickets for uh, for a Broadway show from an FBI informant and gave money to him, thinking he was a developer to develop the Edison, which is a higher-end restaurant here in Tallahassee, not mm. far from the you know, downtown Capitol Complex. Well, I will say this, though. I mean, uh, just... Gifts to cultivate a friendship are not bribes. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. It's just a gift to cultivate yeah. a friendship. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Your Honor. That's you know, all it is. I think they're... <laughs> Your Honor. <laughs> Around here, they're pushing the, uh, you know, he'll be the first black governor if he's elected, and that goes to what you were saying about, you know, yeah. let's... It's the Barack Obama approach of if I vote for him, then then clearly I I'm part you know, of history I'm and racist. I'm and I'm not yeah, a racist. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oprah Winfrey can be caught on camera crying about it because it's so exciting and all that stuff. So it's amazing. Uh, Dan, thank you very much. Have you voted yet? Absolutely. Good. Thank you very oh, absolutely. much. Absolutely. Voted this morning. Yes, Good. sir. Appreciate it. Can we give context to this quote here real quick? Yes. This is amazing. Bob Menendez is who we're talking about. This is in New Jersey. He's talking about corruption among officials that are likely going to get elected. Bob Menendez avoided prison. This is from Phil Kirpin. Uh, because his defense lawyer hung a jury with the argument, and this is a real quote, that gifts to cultivate a friendship are not bribes. The guy who is giving him the gifts, all the gifts going to Menendez, 
was a Palm Beach eye doctor who stole $100 million from uh, Medicare and, and such. Uh, he was convicted on 67 counts of fraud. He uh, actually put seniors through surgeries they didn't need to scam money. Uh, and he wound up giving a bunch of these gifts, quote-unquote gifts, to Menendez. Menendez then tried to uh, get rid of the Medicare fraud investigation. He escalated it all the way to the HHS secretary, tried to uh, ask her to allow um, this doctor's uh, overbilling. He then tried to block um, donations of equipment um, to the Dominican Republic because his friend had business there and he wanted the contracts. He did all of this, and this is in the report that... Uh, gave him a uh, severely admonished him about uh, over these charges, and he's probably going to win Senate in, in New It's New local. Today. Your guy does no wrong. Unreal. It's it's always local. All right, Liberty Safe, the number one safe manufacturer in the nation, and they have sold more than two million safes, and they've done it for a reason. Liberty Safe leads the industry in technology and innovation, and they have uh, exclusive features like military-style uh, locking bars, heat-expanding fire seals, which is really, really important. Uh, they also, the full-size safes, come with a lifetime warranty. So whether you have jewelry or cash or documents that you want to protect from thieves or from fire, or if you just want to keep your family safe by securing your guns and prescription medication, now is the perfect time to become an owner of Liberty Safe. They even offer 12-month interest-free financing on approved credit. Check out all of their special deals at LibertySafe.com. That's LibertySafe.com. Invest today in a Liberty Safe, LibertySafe.com. Welcome to the program. I'm glad you're here. On Voting Grounds in Arizona, Alan, welcome to the program. Hello, Alan. Are you there? Good morning. Like, Great to talk to you again. Good talking Stu, to you. What up? Fly, eagle, fly. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. With regards to the race with McSally and Cinema, um, I was actually active duty um, Air Force the same time she was and stationed at Davis Monthan when she was at well as well, which is here in Tucson. So I didn't know her personally, um, but I knew her by reputation, and she would you know solid reputation. Uh, first female combat uh, squadron commander, all the accolades that went with that, and she did a great job. Um, in her time as you know, congresswoman here in our district, she's done a really great job for you know military affairs, uh, for all the military presence we have here in southern Arizona, which is quite a bit, and veterans affairs and the like. Uh, but she's like Ted Cruz in a lot of ways uh, because she just doesn't lack, she kind of lacks the charisma and the persona that, people would gravitate towards even though she has been so solid on these issues um unbelievable as far as as, as far as uh you know cinema is concerned um I, I don't know a ton about her uh other than a lot of the things you've already kind of outlined but i what will you, say in terms of the state and, and the demographics here in arizona it has changed uh, quite a bit you have a lot of influence from california Oh, uh, being right next door, a lot of folks have migrated from there to here, as they have to Texas, as you've, as you've talked about many times. Um, and here in Tucson and in my county, uh, it's very blue. Uh, you've got University of Arizona here in Tucson, which is, of course, a, a stronghold of a lot of Democratic activity. Um, 
if it were not for Phoenix and the metropolitan area up north, I think it would be an absolute blue state. Um, so that's kind of where we're at in terms of the money and the influence coming from California, other places like that. California, uh, they're, they're Californiaizing uh, Texas. Uh, I, I want a western wall before I want a southern wall. <laughs> I want a western wall around uh, Texas. It's it's crazy what is uh, what is happening. Alan, thank you so much for your phone call. I, we're going to talk to Mike Broomhead in about a half an hour to so get, get a call from uh, uh, from him on what he thinks is going to happen uh, today. But again, that goes to my theory. If McSally's not a, you know, energetic uh, candidate and somebody who's just not electric and, and showbiz, look at what we're doing. We're voting for people we like, not policy. And- Glenn Beck. Mercury. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to tell you about something that you should either end your day with or um, start your morning with, and that is the news and why it matters. If you like this show, you're going to love the news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us that all get together at the end of the day and just talk about the stories that matter to you and your life. The news and why it matters. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcast. Glenn Beck. Uh, let me go to uh, Tracy, who just left a Starbucks here in Texas. Tracy. Good morning, Glenn, and happy Election Day. Thank you. I was uh, born and raised in Mount Vernon, Skagit County, so I just wanted to drop that in and <laughs> shut up. My parents and Cedro Woolley. Hi, Mom. I wow. love you. <laughs> um, so anyways, um, I've lived in Texas now 30 years. I'm a former ICE agent. And I was in my local Starbucks in Grand Prairie this morning, and there was a lady in there that was wearing, she was full of Beto O'Rourke buttons. She was passing out stickers and I guess trying to get people to take them to vote. She had a computer, and um, she practically crammed these stickers down my throat. And so I called Starbucks corporate shortly after that, about an hour ago, to see if they had approved or sanctioned this. And they said that they couldn't even comment that each store manager sets their own policies. And so I asked, well... What if someone wanted to hold a Ku Klux Klan rally? Would they be okay with that? And he said, yes. I just don't think they should be endorsing a candidate or forcing that on their customers. It's kind of annoying. And I voted early. I voted for Cruz. And I would be saying the same thing if they were in there passing out Ted Cruz bumper stickers. It's well, just, I, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I doubt that's what Starbucks would do. Of course because, not. Because we know that they shut their entire place down when somebody abided by the rules of the local Starbucks. So it's absolutely not true. However, if that's what Starbucks wants to do and say, then you vote with your feet. Go get your coffee someplace else. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like it if they were doing it for Cruz and Trump and everybody else. I don't want my politics. I don't want politics with uh, my coffee. I don't. I don't want politics in my entire life. Uh, I'd, I'd like it where I'm getting my politics from a political talk show or from a political meeting or at the poll when I'm going there to actually vote. Not for not not. Not in every aspect of my life. Thanks, Tracy. I appreciate it. That's crazy, isn't it? Um, we have. Um, we, I have long had this uh, theory that, and it's actually not mine. It's DARPA. DARPA got into a lot of trouble right after uh, 2001 because they said we should do a predicted market, a predictive market uh, for terror attacks. And we'll have all of the terrorist organizations, not terrorist organizations, sorry, all the anti-terrorist organizations around the world actually put money into a predictive market and say, we think this is where it's going to go. 
this is the next terror strike. And they thought that was the best way to predict it. And I think they were right. Because of political correctness, we didn't do it. But I think it was right. Polling is very, very difficult. Now, the polls got it pretty correct last time. Yeah, there was definitely some state-level errors. The national polls were very close, uh, actually, when you go look back and look at them. Um, People were fooled by that because they were looking at the Electoral College, which is something the poll wasn't exactly trying to predict. But, uh, you know, obviously Donald Trump won the election, and most people didn't expect that. Uh, in fact, I remember you could you could make five over five times your money betting on Donald Trump on election day. Wow! Uh, like midday, it was like I remember two or three o'clock checking that it was like five point five to one. You could have made on election day. So it was day. still it, it was even wrong then. It, and, and that was yeah. And that now that was like um you know one of these like offshore like okay. gambling sites. Right. Predict it is a is a website that's different than that. It's it's trying to to get data about and and kind of test your theory i think mm-hmm. is, is what they're doing um it's a fascinating site and flip Padot is with us he's from predictit.org predictit.org um and uh on election day i'm sure it's one of the busiest days for you flip uh what are you seeing so far yes hi thanks for having me it is uh it's a busy day on the site it looks to be the the uh, highest volume day since uh, election day 2016 might mm. even might even surpass that wow um, but we're seeing um, you know we've got uh, nearly 200 markets up uh, just tied to today's uh, contest so you can you can look at the um, the traders odds and and um, invest in outcomes for uh, you know every senate race most of the close house races the ultimate uh, you know number of seats controlled by each party in each chamber and so you can really get a not only a uh a purely financially driven uh, and therefore one might expect more honest uh, expectation of what's going to happen, but you can really look down at a very, very granular level and even see which, which races look to be the closest, um, which are going to come down to the wire and, and uh, kind of make your own determinations about, uh, about what the real new balance of power is going to look like tomorrow. And, and if you have a strong thesis, you, you can even earn some money doing so. So flip, are you, are you close enough to these numbers to be able to say, uh here are the here are the ones that disagree with the polls yes in in a few cases we can and and aggregating from for instance across all of our senate races it looks like traders expect the most likely scenario to be republicans picking up one or possibly two net seats uh so picking up in in missouri and indiana um, which you know the statisticians are still calling slightly in favor of the uh, of the Democrats, whereas the traders are saying they they think the Republicans have managed to pick up those two uh, those two seats and lose only Nevada, which gives them the the plus one, uh, and then with some possibility of picking up Ohio also, although that's that's a little bit of a uh, of a farther reach. But um, you know overall, uh, the traders are giving uh, let's see about a. Uh, 13% chance that uh, uh, that the Democrats do manage to, to capture the, the Senate. Interestingly, they give um, uh, still well over a 30% chance that Republicans actually manage to keep the House, uh, mm-hmm. despite the fact that, you know, the expert uh, prognosticators have been dwindling their, their chances on that, uh, that outcome down to the, you know, now single digits or, or low double digits. So we see a real divergence here in terms of what people who are putting their money on the line expect. They're still calling for the House to go uh, to the Democrats, but by nowhere near the margins that um, that the polls and pundits are, are saying, um, you know, that, that it's locked up. It still does appear to be very much in contention, uh, and whereas the, the Senate does appear to be more of uh, 
you know, more of a fait accompli for the Republicans to hold or even slightly expand the majority. What do you see in Arizona? Arizona, we're currently, uh, traders are given 58% chance uh, that Republicans win there. Hmm. It's interesting. There's a couple of races like that because I noticed that in Arizona. There's and there's a couple of others where the 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 experts say it's it's a slight favorite for the Democrats, and Predict right. it seems to think there's a slight favorite for the Republicans. Is that, is there a pattern to that, or is, is there are there more Republicans on the site? What do you think? There is a little bit of a pattern there. The uh, same thing we're seeing in Missouri. The experts are saying um, you know Democrats have a slight advantage. We're actually we're actually got that at more more like sixty forty. Uh, against McCaskill, uh, and the same thing in uh, in Indiana, where we have we have that closer to a jump ball, but but uh, Braun slightly favored over Donnelly, which again is at odds, at, which is at odds with uh, what the experts are saying. So this might have something to do with the fact that um, you know if you look historically, the the polling error, in particular on midterms, uh, does tend to favor uh, Democrats by a couple of points. So, you know, to the extent that the punditry is informed by the polling, uh, despite the fact that there was a little bit of a, of a systemic uh, polling error favoring Democrats in 2016 as well, you know, it's, it's yet to be seen whether that, that effect still exists. Traders seem to be suggesting that they believe there is still uh, some measure of a systemic pro-Democratic polling edge that'll be washed out of it on, uh, on Election Day. And so that you'll see slightly better net Republican uh, results and of course with with closely divided House and Senate, you know that and, and one or two points of s- systemic uh, polling error uh, can make the difference when it comes to who gets the gavels. And it, it, to Stu's point, you know, are there more Republicans uh, on predicted? That actually shouldn't be a problem, should it? Because people are are not voting for what they want to happen. They're they're actually they're actually putting their money down on the table for what they think is going to happen. Right. So in theory, that's right. That the, presumably one's financial incentive would outweigh their, their political bias. But we've actually found, interestingly, that because um, we looked a while back to see if Democrats or Republicans tended to do better in terms of their returns on, uh, on predicted. And we found that uh, between Republicans and Democrats, they actually performed roughly evenly. So to the extent people can't you know, uh, can't get past their political biases, even when their money is on the line, mm. it, it should at least come out in the wash to some extent where, where one side's bias is outweighing the others. We found, however, that really interestingly, uh, independents or, or unaffiliateds did better than both Republicans and Democrats. So it does suggest mm. that there is some, you know, some uh, unremovable political bias to your, to your trading activity, even even when you should be able to 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 separate the two and making decisions uh, that are going to affect you financially, but uh, we did find that those independents were um, somewhat anecdotally. This is early on in, in the site when we ran this analysis, but but at least showed that uh, by and large, independents tended to to outperform partisans at least mildly. So, Flip, I, I'm I'm fascinated with things that you know, I'm, I'm fascinated with uh, creative destruction, um, and I think you have the way of of dis, you know the creative destruction for polls as they're taken now, as they're getting harder and harder to take, and people I'm not sure you can trust people, although they're not as wrong as everybody thinks they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fascinated with with DARPA's idea. Do you do you remember that when they came out uh, right after nine eleven? Yeah, they called the the TIA the Total Information Awareness. 
program. And I, right. I agree with you. I think the, the idea was a good one, that if there's, if there's disparate information out there spread across the world, if you can synthesize all that information together in a predictive market, you ought to get better or at least a different uh, intelligence signal that uh, you know, hopefully you can make uh, useful uh, decisions based on. Their concerns, as you mentioned, some were about the optics of it. I think some were also based on, you know, there were at least rumors at the time about various Middle Eastern uh, entities uh, shorting air, airline stocks and things like that before right, they right. before the events took place. So I think there was some concern, too, that if there was a mechanism out there by which someone could directly speculate on and make money from terrorist attacks that it might actually introduce an incentive to, you know, stake a position and then cause the event to happen. So, um, but you guys are not doing this. This is not, this is not a gambling site. I mean, even though it kind of is, I mean, you're putting your money down the table and you're playing the odds. Um, but what is it you're trying to, uh, to do and to learn? Yeah, we're, so we're trying to learn um, uh, uh, as much as possible, both about how, how predictive markets function, what makes them liquid, what makes them correct, uh, especially what, what factors make such markets more correct than, than the best signals that are currently out there, whether the you know, punditry, the statisticians, or the polling. Uh, but we're also just trying to understand the, the, um, uh, the market dynamics of how crowds aggregate and synthesize their collective wisdom mm-hmm. into a single price signal, uh, and and to the extent that's uh, that's actually useful and, and actionable by those who consume the data. So, Predicted has has uh, research partnerships set up with dozens of, of universities that that actively comb through and, and try and analyze this data to see if they do yield jet- yield better predictions. And if so, you know, if you can say anything interesting about which kinds of markets tend to do better. Uh, than others at at uh, kind of teasing out those hidden hidden insights that might be scattered in all these mm-hmm. these disparate information sources. And it's because of that uh, that motive, right? That's why it's sort of legal, right? Like I, I think it would people would think that this is some like offshore thing. It's not though. You guys actually got approval from the government to do this, right? Uh, that's correct. The CFTC that that regulates uh, uh, you know these kind of markets generally uh, issued no no action relief to predicted and the sponsoring university behind it to say basically if you uh, if you do this with a predominant focus being on generating that kind of useful uh, scientific and research data and if you uh, confine yourself to be within certain limitations to do with um, you know the si- the maximum size of a position you can have in a given market or the total number of participants in a given market that sort of keep it to be a predominantly academic exercise uh, then they offer this relief to say we're not going to treat you as though you're gambling or, or trading unregulated derivatives or or anything like that. So it's so it's it's that approach that provides those those protections both for the site and for the users and actually do keep it legal. Right, Flip. Hang on, if you have a second, hang on because I'd like to run through just some of the uh, things that you have found in some of the different uh, markets and some of the the uh, different candidates when we come back. First, quickly, let me tell you about American financing. One in three homeowners use a credit card now to pay for at least part of a home remodeling project in 2017. This is really not a, a good idea. A quarter of those homeowners chose credit to take advantage of the rewards. 58% scored a no-interest promotional rate. Sounds good, but here's the catch. If you're unable to pay off the balance before the interest-free strikes, then it begins to really add up, and you're paying much more than you thought. So before you go charging thousands of dollars on plastic, will you do yourself a favor and consider paying for the renovation up front 
with a cash out refinance cash out refinance your home will pay for its own projects thanks to the equity that you've already acquired in your home and it takes about 10 minute phone call to american financing they have salary-based mortgage consultants they can walk you through the options that uh will they'll they'll listen to you and find the right mortgage for you and your new loan could be closed in as little as 10 days. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440. It's 800-906-2440 or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, We go back to uh, Flip Pado, who is from predictit.org, a uh, prediction site um, that is basically, you know, you would classify it really as as betting, but it's not. They're actually just trying to figure out when people put their money down uh, and put their money where their mouth is. Is this a better way to predict uh, what's going to happen in this today? We're talking about the election. Flip, can we just run through a bunch of these races? Is the data accessible enough to you for us to just go through? Yeah, a bunch? you bet. Okay, great. Uh, let's sure. start. Let's start with a couple that seem to lean towards the GOP right now in the Senate with uh, North Dakota and Texas. Ted Cruz and Heidi Heitkamp. Yes, so Ted Cruz, we have uh, not completely out of the woods yet, but a heavy favorite at eighty percent likely to win, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, uh, Heidi Heitkamp, basically the exact opposite situation. We have her trading at, at uh, 20 cents on the dollar, so 20% chance to hang on. Okay. Um, we talked about Arizona already. Let's go to Florida, Nelson versus Scott. So, Nelson, we have uh, a little bit closer, but still with a you know, somewhat comfortable lead of uh, 62 to 38. So, traders seem to you know, suspect that he's got a, a, a strong edge here, but by no means locked up. All right. Indiana, uh, will Donnelly uh, hold on to the seat? Uh, that that's one of our very closest right now. Let me just refresh. We've got Donnelly at forty eight percent, forty eight percent to uh, mm. to hang on. So this one this one could be a late night for us. That's, that's one of the more interesting races on the board right now. Um, Montana is an interesting one because there hasn't been a ton of polling of Montana with a Tester going for a reelection. What do the prediction markets say? We're giving Tester sixty five percent chance. So again. Uh, 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 a notable edge, but again, not one one that's locked up. So yeah, polls had him uh, as as uh, limited as they were. I think up by three on average. So we're, our 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 pricing is actually tracking that fairly well. Uh, do, do, giving him a bit of an edge, but not huge. You know, when you look at polls, they have to have a certain number of people participating before it really kind of settles. Do you have that number, or is there that number in this kind of a market? Uh, the polling number. Yeah, the polling number. You don't have to have certain sample size. Before it before it's accurate, yeah. how do you do sample size in this? Like, is there a liquid enough market? I guess to to, to make these things really predictive. Sure. Yeah, we, we find that uh, you have, you do have to reach a certain kind of minimum liquidity for for these markets to be drawing out the the, the collective intelligence well enough. Uh, but that for markets like this, you know, in focus, uh, you know, uh, nationally relevant. Um, Markets that we, we easily eclipse that threshold. So, for okay. instance, in, in the tester market, we had uh, uh, what forty four thousand shares trade yesterday, oh, wow. and uh, in total over that, uh, we've got one hundred fifty six thousand uh, in that market, um, all in. So, uh, and some of the bigger ones are are you know they'll they'll be trading up in the uh, hundreds of thousands easily and, and possibly into the millions um, as tonight wears on. 
Um, let's hit three more before we can get we, we go. Nevada, West Virginia, and Tennessee. Can you give us those three? Sure. Uh, Nevada, uh, we've got uh, Rosen at sixty nine percent. So that really? one looks like it will be a pickup. Yep. Let me. Wow. I'll, I'll just uh, refresh it to make sure that's still because I think uh, that the, the polls kind of think uh, that probably will be very very close. But uh, yeah, this is a pretty decent yeah, lean there. Yeah, so we are showing it at, uh, I just updated, it's now 60-40 uh, against Heller. So um, still um, uh, not looking not looking great, but uh, it's interesting that that is a race where the polls have it truly dead even. So the, the okay. traders feel that the polls in this case actually are, are off of it. Okay. okay, West Virginia and Tennessee, if you have them? Uh, yes, let me just see. Um, West Virginia, uh, we have Mansion at eighty percent. Okay. Um, let me see if that's still. And Probably. then the other was Tennessee. Tennessee. We have Blackburn also at eighty um, percent. Mm, that's that's oh, a big wow. one. Oh right? wow, that's a big one. Yeah, Blackburn at eighty percent is a pretty good number for her in Tennessee. I don't know what Taylor Swift thinks about that. She's probably very disappointed. <laughs> uh, Flip, I don't know if you've heard this. NBC News, literally, and Harvard just released a study that said that they believe that there is a possibility that an alien spacecraft. I'm not making this up. Uh, has just rounded the sun. I'd love to see the predictive markets on this once it <laughs> becomes well known. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for talking to us. Appreciate it. Glenn Pre- Beck. Predicted.org. Okay, this is, I just have to, I'm sure this is nothing. I'm sure this is nothing. Um and I, I feel a little like Orson Welles in 1929 with the War of the Worlds, but this is coming from NBC News uh, and Harvard researchers. Scientists say mysterious object may be an alien spacecraft. Harvard's, Harvard researchers have raised the possibility that this is a probe sent by some alien uh, race. Scientists have been puzzling over the um, or something ever since the mysterious space object was observed tumbling past the sun in late 2017. Have you even heard of this? No. Um, this is, I mean, scientists have been talking about this for a while. They're just mentioning like everybody's been talking about it. No, nobody's been talking about it. We've been talking about stupid tweets. Given its high speed and its unusual trajectory, the reddish stadium size, whatever it is, had clearly come from outside our solar system. But its flattened, elongated shape and the way it accelerated on its way through the solar system set it apart from conventional asteroids and comets. It kind of looks, Stu thinks it looks like a stick. I think we're just seeing the side and it looks to me a little like the, you know, uh, Millennium Falcon. Um Now a pair of Harvard researchers are raising the possibility that it is an alien spacecraft. As they say in a paper to be published November 12th in the Astrophysical Journal Letters, the object, quote, may be fully operational as a probe sent intentionally to Earth's vicinity by an alien civilization. Researchers are not claiming outright that aliens sent this, but after careful mathematical analysis of the way the interstellar object sped up, as it shot past the sun, they say it could be a spacecraft pushed through space by light falling on its surface or a light sail of artificial origin. They have no guess on who might have sent it, 
to us. Um, they said, what? this is crazy. Uh, they said no one should blindly accept this hypothesis when there is also a more mundane explanation. Namely, it's a comet or an asteroid from afar. Yeah, I would say that. In science, we must ask ourselves, where is the evidence? Not where is the lack of evidence so I can fit it in a hypothesis that I like. So those are two uh, arguments that against it. But apparently it's, I mean, what else accelerates? I mean, what else would accelerate? Uh, Asteroids don't. This is, I, I would assume this is why Harvard's saying it might be a, an alien spacecraft, right? They, yeah. They have no other solution. But I mean, you know, that is, of course, not proof. But it is interesting. I mean, again, it's not just some guy saying it. It's not just someone on some, you know, on Alex Jones saying he thinks it's a, it, this is this Harvard saying it. They think it might it's be an really, alien. Har- really bizarre, isn't it? Very, very strange. Very we, and we don't know. We don't know any of these candidates positions on the upcoming alien. Uh, space we know draft. Donald Trump has got to be against it or for it. Whichever the left decides, therefore, he's got to be the other side. No, and it's wrong and racist. <laughs> no matter which side it is, it will be wrong and racist. He doesn't like little green men. No, because no, he doesn't want them coming here. No. They'd come with with vaporized guns, and he'd be like, we should probably stop the vaporized and they would just attack Donald Trump. We shouldn't be building walls. We should be building bridges. <laughs> but they, they're shooting our people with... We should be building little vaporizing guns to give to them. <laughs> We've been so bad to this planet. We deserve to be vaporized. I, I honestly would ask the alien if I could return with them. Oh, my god! Can we gosh. please just leave here? Oh it's, this isn't working. We tried it. It was, you know, we had a run. We had a couple hundred years. No, man then, cannot rule himself. No. Let's try an alien race. Uh, maybe they can Maybe they can rule us. I, for one, welcome our al- new alien overlords. I yeah. think they're going to be fantastic. <laughs> uh, they're going to... I, I am in so full crazy. support. As I've been saying for years, the only thing that could happen that would make this more crazy, and I don't think anybody would blink, is if all of a sudden an alien spacecraft appeared above Earth. And here's a story from NBC News saying <laughs> an alien that spacecraft may be above Earth and no one's noticing it. We're like, well, what's happening in Congressional District 21? <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, can I play a couple of things? I want to play a reporter from the Huron Daily Tribune. She's leaving a message for Senate candidate John James. Who's great, by the way. I, I love hope he wins. He's, he's got an uphill battle here, but he's got a shot in Michigan. It would yeah. be great if he pulled it off. So now here's a here's a reporter who just wants to get a comment uh, from the candidate. Just would love to get a comment. Well, she hangs up the phone, and she doesn't realize that the machine is still recording. Oh, no. So his his answering machine is still recording as she decides she's got a few more things to say about him. Listen. Um, if you'd like to call me back, my my number is 989. Thank you. Man, if he beats her, Jesus. F- John James. F. John James. She's whispering here. Hard to hear. That would suck. She's just like... I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. 
uh, a journalist, a journalist getting yeah. a comment, writing the story that pissed off as soon as she hang up, hangs up the phone that John James might win. And she hasn't she 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 hasn't. I mean, she hadn't even talked to him. No, I mean, I, she's going into the interview pissed off. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 does, do you keep your job? You she keep, will. She will. You keep your job as a journalist doing that. I mean, because. It's one thing to say something, you know, to slip up. I mean, this is a really bad... Wouldn't you rather have that, though? Wouldn't you rather have that? The byline just says, instead of her name, the lady who said, F off, James. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, at least you know who they are. At least you know who they are. I, I mean, mean, that's why I like opinion people, because, they, you know, we know where we stand. We're going to like smaller government. We're going to like conservative principles. That's kind of where we come from. Uh, so you can judge for yourself. I think what we're saying. The same thing here. I mean, I, I like a reporter who's supposed to be fair and balanced. I mean, I just I don't know how you could have her on. Po- at least you can't have her on politics anymore, can you? You can't have her ever write another story about a Republican. Did you see the Did you see the story about this racist ad that Donald Trump was running? Yeah, I've seen a lot of reporting about that. I still haven't seen, seen the ad? ad though. No. Okay, so I didn't think the ad was racist at all. Now, it's it happens to be inaccurate. The guy actually got out under, I think, Bush. Okay. Um, and so it, it's it's misleading and inaccurate, and that's different than racist. Um, but I was reading a story today on uh, from uh, Brian Stelter f- from CNN. Oh, that guy drives me out of his mind. And he's got three paragraphs, all hyperlinked to everybody's opinion about how racist this thing is, but no hyperlink to the ad. And I thought, how interesting... How very interesting that you hyperlink to other opinions about it, but you won't hyperlink to the ad. That way, what? You don't get to make your own opinion of it? Or mm. he was just assuming that everyone, everyone has seen this racist ad. But it's three paragraphs of, of <laughs> ranting about how racist it is. And when I finally, I, I finished reading that and I was like, what ad is he talking about? I go over and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I've seen that ad. That ad... Uh, with an exception of being inaccurate, it's not racist. It's just an ad about a, it's a criminal, right? But the criminal is... The criminal is sitting in court, and he's killed police officers. And he's like, yeah, if I get out of here, I'll kill more. He's just very flippant, and really, it's it's bad. It's bad. He's sitting in court. Yeah, I killed him. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I get out of here, I'm going to kill more of them. It's really not good. Uh, we have we have the ad. Can we listen to it? Yeah, sure. I killed effing cops. They're dead. I don't regret anything. I'll break out soon and I'll kill more. Then it says Democrats let him into our country. I killed one. I'll kill two. Wish you killed more. I'm going to kill cops soon. Democrats let him stay. Then it shows the fence uh, going into Mexico where the Hondurans are just breaking. He says he wants to apply for pardon for the felony he committed. Attempt of murder. That shows them breaking down the fences at, at the Mexican border. And it says, who else will Democrats let in? Well, how's that racist? They're talking about one Crime. criminal, and they're saying that the the Democrats have weak border policies, which yes. they do. Yes. Now, the, the inaccuracy, I mean, is even a stretch, I think. They're, I mean, George Bush wasn't responsible for letting them in or out. 
right? Like that's a president, right? But that's not, you know, the overall policy is is what we're talking about here. Mm. Obviously, people cross the border all the time, and that does not mean that the the president is responsible for every single person who. Well, that it's it's also not uh, accurate to say that the Democrats let him yeah. in because the Republicans have been on this bandwagon for a long time, not doing anything about the border. But I mean, again, is it a, com- a completely technical statement? Maybe not. However, we all know. That Democrats want to allow more people in and have looser border restrictions. Yeah, so I There's guess more of a chance of it happening again yes, with Democrats yes. control of the border. That's no doubt about that. I would say that it would be a much more accurate ad to say President Trump wants this. This guy came here illegally. This guy stayed here illegally. Um, Washington hasn't done anything about this problem in decades. Uh. Donald Trump and the Republicans are trying to stop these people from coming in because we don't know who they are. Democrats will let them in. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, and it's and not the, racist. And none of it's. I mean, it's I guess the, to, to see what try, to try to stretch to what they're saying as racist. They're seeing this one guy uh, who is really saying these things. Really was a criminal. Really was a cop, cop killer. killer. Um, and then they're flashing that to scenes of the caravan. Which, I guess they're saying, what, all of these people are going to come kill cops? Never was that said. That was not said. I mean, I, I, I think you could say, look, there's a large, there's thousands of people coming in. You're probably going to get some criminals in there. In fact, we've seen, and they, they interview people in the ad, who say that one, one of them was an attempted murderer. Or he was, he was convicted of attempted murder. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, and we've seen other parts of the caravan also admit they had a lot of criminal elements and blah 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 yeah gang members yeah so i mean ms-13 gang. i understand that you could say like if you're a democrat i can see you complaining and saying well that's not a fair way of 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 stating this now but that's not what they're saying they're saying it's racist and it's he's not he's not saying everyone who's coming across the border is going to kill cops we all know that's not true no and he was also showing he was also showing not the footage of the peaceful kids you know and the strollers he was showing the people who were tearing down the fence Mm -hmm. of the border into mexico i'm sorry but that kind of fits into the criminal element yeah coming across the border and saying hey i want asylum and overwhelming the system that's not the same as tearing down the fences to get into a country not surprised at all that CNN wouldn't run that. A couple of other networks, but Fox News pulled that ad off the air. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah. that's surprising. Let me tell you a little bit about Car Shield. Uh, I've got uh, I've got a couple of old trucks, and keeping them, you know, on the road. I mean, I bought a truck, and I I bought it with the you know the diesel engine and everything else, so I can I could have a truck that would last a long time. But once it's off of warranty. You're screwed if a sensor goes off. I had to bring my truck in for a repair. It was, I think, like $6,500, $6,500. And I don't know because I didn't pay it. I had Car Shield. Car Shield is, you know, when your warranty expires, they cover it. CarShield.com. Go there before you have to, you know, shell out for some stupid repair on your car because it's out of warranty. Car Shield will help you do it. 1-800-CAR-6100. 1-800-CAR-6100. Uh, call them now and get 10% off. It's carshield.com. Promo code back. Deductible may apply. Glenn Beck. Don't forget our coverage uh, begins tonight at 6 o'clock. 
we're going to have um, everybody here uh, on the team. And, uh, and then some Bill O'Reilly is going to be joining us. I think some of the CRTV guys are going to be joining us. Some of the Daily Wire guys are going to be joining us. Um, you don't want to uh, you don't want to miss our live coverage begins uh, actually with my show at five o'clock. Then five thirty is the news and why it matters. And six o'clock, uh, the official coverage begins. If you're a, a subscriber to the blaze, you can watch it uh, on the blaze dot com slash TV. Become a subscriber. Tonight is going to be a, uh, a good one. We have uh, is our chef coming in tonight. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Pat said that he would eat his underwear. If Beto, if Beto wins, uh, and it's the only reason why I'm considering maybe voting for Beto, just because uh, <laughs> it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. But if he does win, we do have a chef here preparing uh, underpants uh, in uh, in many different uh, in many different cuisines. So we're going to appropriate somebody's culture uh with underpants and uh, pat might eat them tonight so a very different broadcast that you don't want to miss yeah maybe a tad different than what you're going to get on msnbc or cnn although watching wolf blitzer interact with 3d graphics is it's tempting i gotta say (laughs) it's always tempting to see that uh, or or their panels. I love their panels too. Mm-hmm. Where they have at CNN, they always have the panel of like ninety one people, oh. and it's they're on that really long table, and mm-hmm. and all of them say like three words, mm-hmm. and then they have to move on to the other person. Mm-hmm. And there's usually one person in there who uh, it, it can even tolerate Trump, right? Like there's one person who doesn't think he's the worst person on earth, and uh, they get to say, like I was listening to this last night. Stephen Moore was on, and they're talking about the economy. And you'll hear, like, there's six other panelists. Each time they get a point, it, they let it breathe. They finish it. It's two-paragraph point. The next person goes on to another in-depth point. Stephen Moore gets off one half of a sentence about how the economy's good, and they all jump all over him, cut him off, and don't let him finish. And it happens Crazy. every single time to, yeah. to Stephen Moore. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You know what? It's like, it's like the view with 40 of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, hey, you don't have to go through that tonight. No, all the election results, all of the analysis uh, from a ton of us tonight uh, in a fun way. Don't miss it. Theblaze.com slash TV. We'll see you beginning at five coverage at six. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Mercury.